Let me open us with a word of prayer now, and then we'll divide up for our group prayer time. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you truly with thanksgiving today. Lord, so much goes on uh, in our lives. So many things scream for our attention. So many thoughts even now crowd into our hearts and minds. Lord, we pray that you would help us today. Set aside all of that to be able to focus on you. Lord, we had a day to thank you on Thursday as our country. Many people celebrate and don't even know why they are celebrating and they certainly aren't giving thanks to you. But Lord, we should know better. So I pray that today would be a day of thanksgiving. Lord, we're supposed to be thankful always. I pray that today, as we're here with your people, it would just be an overwhelming expression of gratitude to you with our heart attitudes throughout the day. We pray for our time this morning. I pray for my brother John to be able to teach powerfully, and then my brother Steve to be able to share the word powerfully as well. Lord, we just pray that everything done would bring you glory. We ask all these things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Morning, everybody. Good morning. You all can have a seat as soon as you're able to. I know it's always goodies, especially this time of the year. Always goodies to enjoy. Well, Thanksgiving was Thursday, and I pray everybody had a good Thanksgiving, good gathering. We had our family together, which is always something to be thankful for. And a week ago, Thursday, we had our meeting with our group at the jail, Doug and I, and we had the inmates share some things they were thankful for. And the number one thing I remember that I heard, they talked about God's Word. And I was sharing with Steve earlier, it's been such a blessing to see God's Word penetrate lives. Uh, those men that come, they come by choice. They've been growing. They're excited to be there. They're thankful for us to share. And it's a blessing to, to have a, feels like a congregation, right, Doug, of men that are there every week. And uh, it just reminds me again, you know, God's Word, when we don't know what to share with somebody or how to encourage somebody, Sharing God's Word is always should be number one because that talks about Jesus, talks about the one who uh, saved us, the plan of salvation. In the jail, they hear many, many ways to heaven, but we know the only way is through the Lord Jesus Christ. One thing I am very thankful for, too, that personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that we have eternal life. And I got to thinking about when I was preparing this message, eternal life, everlasting life, life that never ends. What is that really? I mean, that's so hard for us to comprehend. We're so logged in either through our iPads into a schedule or writing out on a date calendar. You know, we got this coming up, this coming up, always on a schedule, but for eternity, we'll be on God's schedule, and we'll be with Him for eternity. Life without bum knees, life without arthritis, no more Ben Gay, bodies that will never wear out in the presence of the King of Kings forever. 
One thing that Satan tries to keep from believers, once a sinner has found the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and accepted him, is that assurance of salvation. Sleepless nights, afraid of losing our salvation because we're not doing enough to keep it. Doubting God's word is true are all ways that Satan tries to worry us and gets us to question, am I really saved or not? Inmates in the jail are constantly asking if God can really forgive them. I had one man two weeks ago, he shared, you know, uh, chaplain, I've been on drugs, I've been suffering with drugs for 30 years, I've wasted too much of my life. I said, well then don't waste today. Because today is the rest of your life. It could be. Because it's one day at a time. But I know when we're not sure of our salvation, it can create anxiety. Fear of the future. Uncertainty of if something happened, would I be with the Lord or would I not be with the Lord? God doesn't want us anxious about our salvation. Second Peter 1.10 says, Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your calling and election sure. Hebrews 10.22, Let us draw near with a heart, true heart and full assurance of faith. John 10.28, And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Romans 8.14, For as many... As are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage against our fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. 1 John 5.13 These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Writer Fanny Crosby lived in the early 1900s, wrote hundreds of hymns, and she became blind because of a mistake a doctor made in her surgery, and she became blind. But I always remember one song about Fanny Crosby, Blessed Assurance. And we sing that, don't we, Doug, with the men. And that's one that we try to, to sing many times because we, we are so blessed with that assurance. Jesus is mine, oh, for, what a foretaste of glory divine, heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. Can't add a lot to that except to say thank you, Lord. Thanksgiving's a day to remind us, a day set aside, a day we should have every day saying, thank you, Lord, for blessed assurance. God's word this morning, we're going to look at three tests of a truly saved person, which will yield a renewed assurance of salvation. Join me in 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, we're going to look at verses 3 to 6. 1 John chapter 2, beginning of verse 3. And by this we know that we have come to know him, if we keep his commandment. The one who says, I have come to know him, and does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him the love of God has truly been perfected. 
By this we know that we are in him. The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. First test of a truly saved person is the test of obeying God's word. We see that in verse 3. And by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. I hope all of you have experienced as, as believers in Christ that the more you're in God's word, the more God's word becomes part of who you are. If you can follow what I'm saying. In other words, the more we're in the word, the more God's word penetrates not just our minds, but our hearts. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So that when we are talking to somebody, we naturally in our mind, the Holy Spirit brings to our mind God's word instead of some, well, this psychologist studied this in 1992 and found this. Rather, we're saying the counsel of God's word says this. Or this is what has helped me get through a trial. It becomes part of who we are. Assurance comes as we are obeying God's word. We know. We continually perceive something by experience. As new creatures in Christ, we should desire with all our hearts to obey God's word. The Holy Spirit gives us that desire. And we should crave to not only hear and study the word, but obey it. That's uh, something that I think is so true, something we need to be reminded of every day. John MacArthur shares, New Covenant people have God's law written on their hearts, and what is in a person's heart controls how he or she lives. It's one thing to read, study, even meditate on the Word, but another step to obey it. Pastor Joe has shared many times, James 1.22, be doers of the Word, not hearers only. Uh, we've got to let it penetrate in. And when it does, it changes us. And so when people say, uh, I've been saved 20 years, but there's no fruit, there's nothing penetrating, it's almost saying, God, you're not doing anything. And God does work in our lives because we all have areas of weakness. That's why we've got to have the shield of faith up. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Why? Because those fiery darts are coming. And when those fiery darts are coming, we keep standing in the strength of God and His Word. Philippians 2.12 tells us, So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but how much more in my absence work out your salvation with fear and trembling? For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. God is working in and through us. The world now more than ever is looking for something they can believe in, something that's real, something that's going to last. I recently had an inmate in our service share how a cellmate at the jail had seen changes in him that God was doing and he accepted the Lord. He said, there must be something real because I see in your life, even in Pinellas County Jail, I see God working in your life and I want that too. 
I say, praise the Lord. That's great. God is working. rest of verse 3 is conditional. If we keep His commandments. Keeping them means to consider God's commandments like treasures. Guard them in our daily lives on this earth. Psalm 119, verse 77, Let your tender mercies come to me, that I may live for your law as my delight. When we study the Word, we should have a joy inside that says, I need more, because I'm learning to walk like you want me to, Lord. I'm learning to make the changes you know that I need to make. There's no hidden closets for a believer. We may think we've hidden it from God, but we can't. He knows this inside and out. And that can be a scary thing. Psalm 139, he knows everything about us. But it also should be a comfort that God does know us inside and out and he still loves us. Amen? Do we love one another? Do we follow God's commandments? Psalm 119, 97. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Thinking about God's word. Verse 113. I hate the double-minded, but I love your law. We should love it. Do we display a willing obedience to Scripture or we try to deflect it to somebody else? Well, that's good for them. Uh, That's not for me. All of God's word is for us. One inmate put it this way. And again, these are some poems. These are stories that were written and sent into a magazine called The Loaves and Fishes. This one's called Treasure Chest from Heaven. It's written by an inmate in Chelshire, Connecticut. It's what he wrote. There's a treasure chest from heaven and it's filled with words of love, words of comfort, words of faith, and they come from God above. One by one, God placed inside words to help us grow, words to teach us right from wrong and to guide us where we go. You will find within this chest words of peace and hope, words to help you understand and words to help you cope. All the words you'll ever need, God has placed within this chest. You only need to look inside and by the word of God be blessed. I couldn't put it any better. It's a treasure chest. We need to be opening it every day. We need it. One commentator, uh, W.E. Vine, shares, Devotion is realized in obedience. Keeping his commandments is a matter of holiness of life, moral conduct, walking in the light. Only so do we really know God and prove it to ourselves as well as to him. Theodore Epp, former director of Back to the Bible, Broadcast shares, the Christian keeps the commandments of Christ because he loves Christ and everything about him. This may not always be true of the Christian, but the general quality of his life and the usual desire of his heart is to please the Lord. As we obey God's commandments, his word, we come to know God more and more at a deeper level. John 14:21 says, "He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, 
and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. I'll tell you, every morning I'm thankful to wake up knowing that if I wake up in heaven some morning, it's fine because that's a better place. To have that assurance, to be able to know, God, I'm in your hands every day. There's nothing I can hide from you. And even when I fail, even when I have to be reminded over and over again of a weakness that I have, you still love me anyway. You don't give up on me. As we approach Christmas coming not too long, we deal a lot with things that have limited warranties, don't we? (laughs) I've heard stories that when it's got a 90-day warranty, day 91, it's broke. (laughs) Just get another one. There's no limited warranty with God, the salvation. It's for eternity. And I'll tell you, the, seeing the, the men at the jail, seeing God work, seeing God's word not returning void is such a blessing because it's all Him. It's not based on whether we do enough. God chose us and He loved us and He saved us and He keeps us. The second test of a true believer is the test of loving God. We see that here in verses 4 and 5. One who says, I have come to know him, and he does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know that we are in him. We cannot claim to know and love God on a personal level as Lord and Savior and not keep His word. If we do, we're liars. First Peter 1, 14 through 16 says, As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance, but as He who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. Verse 5 continues, whoever keeps his word, whoever is talking to believers, all those who have accepted Jesus Christ as personal Savior. In the jail, I always try to remind those that I speak with that it's not a religion that saves you, it's a relationship. If you don't have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not saved. And they'll say, well, I'm going to go back to church if God gets me off this murder charge. It's like, let's make a deal. It's not like that. But then I try to get them back to the relationship thing. That's what it's about. Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? And most of the time they'll shake their head. What is that? I haven't heard that before. And then I have the opportunity to share the plan of salvation, the gospel with them. And then it's up to God. God does it all anyway. All I can do is share what he says in his word because it's total truth. When we're doing this, when we're keeping his word, we will have the love for God perfected in us. And God's love is different than the worldly love, isn't it? Very different. The world says, you do these eight things, I might like you. 
what is it they put them in the tweets or whatever, Twitter, tweet, I don't even know all the terms. I don't keep up with those. I, I learn what I have to learn, <laughs> but I can't keep up with all that. But I hear about that. Is that right? Tweets, Twitters, they do these things on the technological stuff. <laughs> I, I'm trying to still get used to my iPhone, uh, how that all works. But with God, we need to constantly remember and on our own, we can't love like God loves. But when we allow God's love through us, we can display it. We can show it as the Holy Spirit works in our lives. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. Jesus answered the lawyer who asked, who, what's the greatest commandment of all? And Jesus said to the lawyer, you shall love your Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. <coughs> Are we? Are we loving God totally? Salvation accomplishes the deep love for God. It should and it must. From enemies of God to loving God as Abba, Daddy. What a miracle of grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I think we could all say that. None of us deserved it. But God, by His grace, saved us. The love for God is a reminder that we're truly saved. Promises of Colossians 2, 6, and 7. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Philippians 3, 9. Be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness which is from God by faith. And then the reminder of Jesus talking to Peter in John 21, 15. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you know, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Feed him what? The word. God's Word. Sometimes you'll get somebody who says, well, I don't believe God's Word. Or how do you know it's the truth? Because it's God. God can't lie. You say, well, how can you believe that? Because God said it. Then you go round and round. But it's simple to explain because God is perfect. And that's something... We're not going to be on this earth. We strive to be more set apart, more like Jesus, but we'll never be perfect. But with God's help, we become more and more like Jesus. And as I've shared in the past, I had one inmate say, Chaplain, he says, I just want people around me. He said, when I get out, and he's out now, Eric, I've talked about him. He's out of jail and he's walking with the Lord. But he says, I want those around me now to see a little glimpse of Jesus in me when they look at my life. 
They say he's made changes because God's made changes in his life. That's the only way he can keep going. But every so often he'll call and he'll say, Chaplain, I'm still walking with the Lord. And that's, that's an encouragement like unbelievable except that we serve the God who has no limits. He's the king of the kings. He's the God of the universe. Kenneth Weist, former pastor of Moody Church, shares the love of God is perfected or completed by the perfect establishment of the relation of love between God and man. When man loves perfectly, his love is the love of God shed abroad in his heart. His love owes its origin and its nature to the love of God. It's from God. We have the privilege to love God and then love those that we come in contact with. I believe very firmly God gives us divine appointments every day. Everyone here has different divine appointments that come in their lives. Different people you come in contact with. And we don't know if it's the last time we'll ever see that person. We don't know that. Somebody could walk out the door and get hit by a car and that'd be it. They'll say, well, why didn't I share something with them? We share God's Word because God does with it what he wants. He does the saving. And if that's God's timing and that person is saved, when he walks out the door and gets hit by the car, he's in the glory. He's in with the Lord instead of eternity in hell. We live in times that the opportunities, I think, are are growing because Satan's working harder. Wherever God works, Satan works all the harder. But there's more opportunities to share where they can see the light is a lot different than the darkness that keeps getting darker and darker. God's light shines even more. And it can be through us by being light and salt. Not being under a bushel, as we all know that kid's song. Hide it under a bushel. No. Right, Steve? We don't want to hide it under a bushel. We want to keep that light of Christ Showing so that they, there's hope. That's the one word that in the jail I hear over and over. Chaplain, give me some hope. I may go up the road the rest of my life. Give me some hope. I said our only hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. Everything else can change. Everything else is here and there. But Jesus never changes. He's perfect. He's holy. will always be with us. Our assurance of salvation is evident when we have genuine love for God who chose us, made us alive to respond to his call, saved us, keeps us, preserves us as examples of his grace. We can love the Lord with all our hearts when we used to be enemies of God. Wake up every morning and thank him and say, Lord, thank you for waking me up today. Inmate in a recent service shared the joy of God waking him up. Remember that, Doug? He said, God woke me up this morning. I'm excited. He says, I'm glad to be here. What are we going to study in the Word? Recent Christian song, and I don't usually do this that often, but there's one called Eye of the Storm, and you've probably heard it. I know it's one that by Ryan Stevenson that sings. But it speaks to me. It's a reminder. And 
And I praise God for those who write songs that are scripturally based, that give us some hope. Because sometimes when we're driving, I'm driving to the jail and back, or going on to do a death notification, I get some encouragement based on the word of some of these songs. But Eye of the Storm, it's called, In the Eye of the Storm, You Remain in Control. In the Middle of the War, You Guard My Soul. You alone are the anchor when my sails are torn. Your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm. When the solid ground is falling out from underneath my feet, between the black skies and my red eyes I can barely see. When I realize I've been sold out by my friends and my family, I can feel the rain reminding me in the eye of the storm you remain in control. In the middle of war, you guard my soul. You alone are the anchor when my sails are torn. Your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm. We ever get in those storms? Sometimes a couple of them. Sometimes it seems like we don't need the hurricane on the outside. We got the hurricane spiritually going on at times. In the midst of all that, God is with us. God has got us in the mighty right hand of God. No one can snatch us away. He's got a hold of us. And I remember telling the men at the jail one time, I said, you know, God's got your back. They needed to hear that. The frustrations they go through, can't get a hold of public defender, somebody cancels a visit, somebody who's going to be a witness doesn't show up, added charges, drop charges. Do I take the deal, chaplain? Do I take the 20 years or do I go to court? That's all reality there. But to know in the storm, God's got a hold of them. As a believer, he won't let go. And they can grow in the Lord even in Pinellas County Jail. They can grow in the Lord. Third test of a genuine, saved, born-again Christian. Verse 6. The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. We need to walk like Jesus. We need to walk like Jesus. If we say we're a believer and we claim to abide, remain, fellowship, commune, have an intimate relation with him, we can claim it. But what about the proof, the fruit that shows that it's true. Those works don't save us, but when God changes from the inside out, there's got to be a difference. Can't just be the same going on as what God saved us from. One inmate put it this way. This is written by Dale Smith. He's in Malvern, Arkansas, serving life. He wrote, Love. Lord, help us to submit to you to follow and obey instead of finding loopholes to defend our sinful ways. Christ takes each sin, each pain, each loss and transforms our brokenness and shame by the power of his blood so that our lives exalt his name. In this world of sin and trouble where so many ills are known, if I shun the ways of evil, I'm kept by him alone. The godless and sinful are everywhere in need of love and care, but they will always know hopeless despair unless God's love with them we share. You may be tempted to debate, to change another's point of view, but nothing speaks more powerfully than Christ's cleansing work in you. They watch. It's unbelievable in the jail 
how word gets around on certain things. Somebody gets a real pretty Bible that has some flowers on it and all the ladies want that one. Well, that was a one of a kind. We didn't get two cases of that, but they all want to exchange it. I like that pretty one. I don't like this plain one. That goes on all the time. But when inmates are sharing God's love, being more like Jesus, and they're sharing the gospel as they're able to, they see in the jail, they see that person's life change, that believer's life change as he shares. And as with this one inmate, he said, I want what you have. God's saying, I'm a sinner. And I I am a sinner and I need Jesus Christ, my personal Savior. I see He's real because He's changing you here. That's amazing. It's incredible. Never underestimate God. Walk like Jesus walked. Our manner of life as we walk around in life will be ordered and conducted like Jesus John 15:4 says abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine neither can you unless you abide in me I am the vine you are the branches he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit for without me you can do nothing all I can say to that amen we can do nothing without him our spiritual life is from Jesus We owe Him everything. We can never repay what Jesus did for us on the cross. And every day we can say, Lord, help me to use today wisely because it could be my last day on this earth. And if it is, that's okay because I'll be with you. Jesus is our example in everything. If we're obeying His Word, we're loving God, we will want to walk like Jesus. We want others to see that glimpse of Jesus in our life. Even in the fights that go on in the jail. And they do, believe it or not. Once in a while there will be one who doesn't agree with each other and they have fights. And when those fights happen, I even had one inmate tell me he got in a fight. He said, Chaplain, I'm sorry you have to come look at me over here. Talk with me over here in Delta. Delta is not a good place to be. That's in Max. That's where the... They're written up and they're put in a cell and they don't all a lot of privileges are taken away. But you know one thing they can have in Delta and that's a Bible. And so I say, Okay, have you read Psalm one thirty nine again? Have you read Psalm twenty seven and forty six? Have you been in the Word? Well, chaplain, you know I said, No, no, just answer me. Well, no, I haven't. <laughs> I said, Well, you have a Bible, right? I said, Write these down. Wherever we are, you can still be a witness. How you handle being in Delta, and, and there, most of the time these men will say, I, I, I was wrong, I shouldn't have gotten a fight. But he was in my face, but I shouldn't have fought him back. And they can get pretty vicious. But you know, I say, no, God's teaching you something through this. Did you know that? And he says, well, what is that? I said, look at this in your life. Normally, you were in Delta once a month. Now you're in once every six months. So God is doing something in your life. Oh, I didn't look at it that way. <laughs> Wasn't quite getting angry as quickly. That's progress. How many of us like encouragement? 
God's working in our life, we'd like somebody to say, you know, I, I haven't seen this. I, I just want to tell you, I saw something I know you've been battling and praying about and God answered and you're thanking him and you're praising him and, and now God has helped you through this, this trauma and you're sharing that with others. I can see you growing. That's encouraging, isn't it? Growing in the Lord. Walking with the Lord more closely. So they're seeing God's word as part of our lives. Not just something we open up two or three times a week, but, but because it's in our hearts it's something we use daily, many times. Jesus is our example. And as we're walking with him, God's word starts to penetrate our daily lives. Colossians 2.6 tells us, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Imitate him. Can we do any better? Great Old Testament example was with Enoch. Genesis 5, after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years. He begot sons and daughters, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Enoch was walking with the Lord as he had been doing every day, and one day he was just in heaven. Wow. <laughs> How many like that on our gravestone? He walked with God, or she walked with God. How can you sum up anything else? That people saw that. That his family saw that. Are we excited every day to walk with Jesus? And be like Jesus? To follow Jesus every step of every day? Love God with all our hearts and eagerly obey God's word? God said it. I believe it. That settles it. We're not going to win an argument with God, are we? Say, God, I don't agree with that. I'd like to discuss that. God gives us commands because he loves us so much that he knows when we follow those commands, we will be coming more, we will be more set apart like Jesus so the world can see a difference. That's why we're here on this earth, to share the gospel. Because we live in a world that is desperate for answers that last, not answers that fade away with time. The assurance of salvation that we're truly saved when we are obeying God's word and we love God and we're walking like Jesus. I pray that each one of us as believers today can have a, a new reassurance that we're saved because those are true in our lives. Say, well, I don't do it every day, all the time. That isn't what God's saying. But it should be most of the time. It should be more times than a year ago. We look back a year, am I closer to God, am I closer to Jesus than I was a year ago? You say, well, no, not really. Why? The key, be in the Word. I don't know how else I can, can bring that across, but be in the Word every day. And if you have God's Word stored in your mind, the Holy Spirit brings it to mind when you need it. I've had that happen so many times. Verses I memorized as a child... God brings to mind at the right time. I believe so much in God's timing. Can't rush God. He's never late. He doesn't say, John, I want to check with your schedule. Think this will work? No. Because he loves us so much that everything he does is for our benefit. It's because he loves us. He wants us 
to grow. He wants us to, to be in His Word. He wants us to obey it because He knows that's when we're going to bear fruit. It'll come because it's from the Holy Spirit. So I pray all are saved here this morning and have assurance of salvation. However, I'll never take that for granted. I don't in, in the services, at the jail. And so I don't assume everybody's saved, and, and I hope everybody is here. If you're saved, I hope you have assurance. I hope you see these things going on in your life on a daily basis. Because when you have assurance of salvation, there's nothing too great that comes into our lives, is there? Because in a moment, we could be with the Lord forever. But while we have this precious time here on this earth, we don't know if this is our last day here on earth. None of us do. God could take us home any time. But every day is an opportunity to show the world that Jesus is real because he's real in my life. And he's doing a work in all of our lives as believers. I don't know anybody here. I'm not raising my hand. But if you're perfect, just raise your hand. I never see any hands on that. So we all have room to improve. Areas that Satan wants us to slip off into, but God is greater. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's all-powerful. If you don't know the Lord Jesus as Savior, I pray that you would make that decision today. And if you know him, I pray that this passage has been an encouragement of assurance of that salvation because we need that as we walk in this world for him. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the encouragement out of 1 John 2, 3 to 6, Lord, that we look at our own lives and are we obeying your word, Lord? Are we loving you with, with the love that you love us? And are we striving in your strength only to be walking like Jesus in our lives, our daily lives? Lord, I, I pray you'd give us that renewed assurance of salvation that you have us here on this earth for a reason today. May we serve you 100% and bring honor and glory to your name. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.